Friends, welcome to this act of worship on the 2nd of May, our call to worship. Be rooted in the strength of God the Creator. Be nurtured by the love of God the Son. Be enriched by the power of God the Holy Spirit as we worship God today. We listen and we sing along to the hymn, Lord of all hopefulness. hopefulness played for us by Adrian Pallant. Friends, let us pray. Loving God, vine grower and creator, be gentle with us when our growth is slow. Be firm when our growth is corrupt. Be challenging when our growth is disconnected. Be understanding when our growth is hesitant and help us to bear the best fruit we can to your glory. Gracious God, we come in worship to glorify your name, to praise you and to honour you. We seek to remain and abide in you. And so forgive us when we are rooted in greed and make us generous. Forgive us when we are rooted in indifference and make us compassionate. Forgive us when we are rooted in busyness and make us prayerful. 
Forgive us when we are rooted in anything that is not of you and make us your disciples today and always. Amen. Amen. And so we hear this reading read for us by Sarah Wardle of Psalm 22. Psalm 22 verses 25 to 31 For you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfil my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him, for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. Sarah, thank you for reading for us. We continue our worship as we listen to and as we sing. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you.
That was As the Deer Pants for the Water. Let's hear from our Gospel reading, again read for us by Sarah Wardle, John chapter 15. John chapter 15 verses 1 to 8. The vine and the branches. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Sarah, thank you very much. Over the past years, my uh, my love um, of outdoors has grown, not in kind of mountains and hilltops and those kind of things, but that development of, of my love of gardening has increased. It's taken time, but it's now quite a passion. I love being out there. I, I even begin to uh, to understand a bit more uh, about plant names rather than just daffodils and roses. I've, my repertoire uh, and my language of plants have increased. But as ever, I'm a work in progress. Our reading from John's Gospel, chapter 15, is a dinner conversation. The scene is the upper room. It's the night of the Last Supper and the, the air is filled with pain and with sorrow. As they prepare, those who gather in the upper room for all that's going to happen, Jesus ends with the final of the seven I am sayings. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So a little bit of background before we look more deeply into this I am saying. John's gospel is written many years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And, and the, the gospel is written um, in full awareness of Jesus' rejection of some of the, the, the Jewish um, laws and rituals that are around, that he's doing a new thing. Uh, writing near the end of the first century, um, John's, or the author's main interest, is the establishment of the Christian church. So this last image, this last I am saying, Jesus goes all horticultural honours. He uses the image of a vine and there are three parts. There's the vine who is himself. There's the vine dresser or the gardener, which is God the Father. And then there's his disciples, um, the branches of the vine or us disciples. 
branches of the vine. And this, I am saying, is filled with symbolism of vines and vineyards, which can be found in all the Gospels. And those are the Gospels, as well as John, also reference Isaiah and Israel's inability to be an effective vine. In spite of God's care, in spite of God's attention, they have uh, degenerated, they have separated itself from the source of life, and they've condemned themselves. And we hear that in Isaiah 5, verses 1 to 7. And Jesus uses familiar imagery and states, I am the true vine. God has entrusted everything to me. Israel, you the disciples, the world, and it's all being fulfilled in me. This is what Jesus is saying. And you being branches, that's you being part of this. When Jesus says that he is the true vine, he's actually making a critical allusion to the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, especially in the prophetic books of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, the metaphor of a vine is used over and over again to represent the people of Israel, God's chosen people. And so what Jesus is doing here when he calls himself the vine is not only is he trying to connect with us, with those who are listening, with the disciples and our gardening, but it's also connecting with an image we read about in the Old Testament. And so far, until this point, the vine is used negatively. And now Jesus changes this. Israel failed. Jesus won't. So let's just pause and think about this and what is being said. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. That's, that's verse one. And then verse five, I am the vine and you are the branches. Jesus is the true vine, which means he is the truer and better Israel. So in all the places where Israel wavered, Jesus will hold fast. In all the places where Israel sinned, Jesus will overcome. In all the places where Israel forsook God over and over again, Jesus will trust God all the way to the very end. And so this allusion, this connection to the Old Testament sets up the whole trajectory of the conversation. Jesus is going to talk about branches and he's going to talk about the gardener. But what he says only makes sense if we know that the focus here is on the vine and that Jesus is the vine. The focus of this whole conversation is that everything about the world and everything about God's history with humanity is now changed because of Jesus. When Jesus came to earth, he came to be the true and better Israel that Israel failed to be. And he came to be a true and better human than we all have failed to be. And this is not just a side note about what Jesus did. This is the heart of mission, the kind of saviour that you and I and the world need. It's not just one who can get us out of trouble. We need a saviour who can walk in our shoes and go through all that we have gone through and perfectly trust God and always do what he says and truly love others, even, even when it's hard and then take care of all that righteousness and all of his power and then to give it to us. That's what we need. And that's what Jesus has done. He doesn't just give us death, but he gives us life. 
Jesus gives us his holiness. Jesus gives us his fruitfulness. Jesus, with himself as the focus, talks about the branches. Vines have branches. And in this image, Jesus says that we are the branches. Jesus' disciples, those who trust him and follow him, are branches. And right away, the gardener also comes into the view. The gardener is God. And the gardener is the one who works to take care of the branches. And Jesus says that in verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it might bear more fruit. Now, in all my understanding of gardening, I'm still getting used to pruning and all those kind of things that you have to do. Sometimes I lop it off too much, but sometimes if I'm really careful, you do it properly and it, it flourishes and it grows in the next season. So we have two categories here. We have the unfruitful branches that are removed, thrown away, and then we have the fruitful branches that are pruned, that they may produce more fruit. And sometimes we read this and we go, oh, no, I'm one of those bad branches. I, I need to be um, thrown away or, or I need to become a good branch. Am I fruitful or am I unfruitful? And I've heard this taught uh, many times um, and maybe I've done that in the past too. But when we look at the context of this reading, Jesus tells his disciples, let not your hearts be troubled. He's saying that all he's saying here in verse 11 about the branches is that they can have fullness of joy. Jesus is not warning his disciples, and there are warnings in the Bible. This isn't one of them. Jesus is encouraging his disciples here. And in case we miss that, Jesus makes it crystal clear. Already you are clean, he says, because of the word that I have spoken to you. You have been pruned and you are. We are a work in progress. A snip here, a snip there, and we abide in him. Jesus is saying, I have already, already started this pruning process in you. When you come to a full reality of love of Jesus and an encounter with Jesus, he starts working in us, pruning us, that we might flourish. And one of the most beautiful thoughts and assurance is that we will abide with him. And he abides with us. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So simply put, the branch is impossible without the vine. There's no such thing as a branch in itself. There's no such thing as a branch just sitting around by itself producing fruit. Branches only bear fruit when they're connected to the vine. And Jesus says it's the same with him. And so abiding in Jesus is what makes a difference. If we don't abide in Jesus, then we're not part of this thing. But if we do abide in Jesus, then you're a branch of the vine and we will be fruitful. Abiding means to stay connected. Abide in his love, keep his commands. These are not optional extras. Staying with him, abiding and remaining in him means loving. Are we abiding in Christ? We shouldn't complicate what Jesus says here. Abiding is another way for Jesus to talk about faith. To abide in Jesus is to have faith in Jesus. Faith is deeply relational. It is us and Jesus, the branch and the vine. 
Faith is knowing that Jesus holds on to us and we hold on to him. It's that way around. He has us as we have him. A vital union, just like the vine and the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus says. And the truth is, apart from him, we are nothing. And that's what it means to be branches of a vine. There are no branches without the vine. And that's what abiding with Jesus looks like. That's what it means to believe in him. And when we abide, we are fruitful. Fruitfulness in every way that God is working in and through our lives, because this is what we're praying for. And it's just what happens when the branch is connected to the vine. And one more thing, as I come to an end. We've heard about the vine and we've heard about the branch. But it is all about God, the gardener. God, the gardener, gets all the glory. We're just branches. We're part of this great thing that is bigger than ourselves and ever will be. The gardener handles this. The gardener gets the glory. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we bring to you in prayer those denied the opportunity to grow and to bear fruit. Those whose growth has been stunted by abuse and violence. Those whose fruit has been bruised by criticism and bullying. Those who have been uprooted by prejudice and oppression. Those whose lives are destroyed by disaster we remember particularly 35 years since the Chernobyl disaster and give thanks for our relationship with the many children and the many families who have travelled here for care and support. 
pray for those who thirst and hunger. Those whose lives have ended and are impacted by COVID. Those whose branches of hope and dreams have been callously cast aside. Those whose lives have not been pruned by the wisdom and kindness of friends and teachers. Bless and nurture them all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We sing the Lord's Prayer.
the branches keep us abiding in you abiding in you then we'll grow in your love then we'll go in your name that the world will surely power to heal and to save. As we journey in life, may we abide with God, grafted and rooted and pruned. Lord, help us to stay connected to one another and to you, bearing fruit wherever your love takes us. And the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us today in our worship and to all those who've contributed. Thank you so much. May God bless you.